This podcast is brought to you by MonthlyChallenge.fit. It's like Weight Watchers better help and the biggest loser had a baby. Check it out, MonthlyChallenge.fit. Today on the Logical Weight Loss Podcast, yes, I'm back, glad to be back. We're going to talk about discipline and what happens if you quit. I know you want to quit. What would happen if you quit? I got the story. Welcome to the Logical Weight Loss Podcast, where we take a no-nonsense approach to weight loss. We left our excuses in the past, and we've forgiven ourselves for abusing the gift that is our bodies. From this point forward, our health is more important. We will stay focused. We will stay determined. We will sacrifice now knowing that it's not going to be easy so that we can live a better tomorrow. We understand that weight loss is a marathon, not a sprint. It's about making lifestyle changes and that the only person who can stop you is you. You know where you are now and you know where you want to be. The new you begins today. Let's go. I just want to be thin. I don't deny it thin. I want to try it thin, but I can't buy it. Guess I'll have to just deny it thin. Won't kill you lie. Welcome back to the Logical Weight Loss Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Jackson from the school of podcasting.com. If you're new to the show, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a trainer. I'm just a dude in the basement trying to get back on track to lose some weight. And if you're new again to the show, our website is logicalloss.com. And, uh, Got a couple quick stories for you. I uh, told you in the last episode, I got this new job. It was going to be very hard to create, keep doing the podcast, and I've missed quite a bit. And um, it was kind of interesting because I just quit. Uh, what I mean by that is I just thought, well, I, I was still kind of half tracking my calories. I wasn't trying to get to the gym. I started drinking Mountain Dew like it was the fountain of youth. And that was the big one. And I just was like, I got other things to think about. I can't worry about my weight. And I'm here to tell you, that's a really bad idea. And I didn't know how bad an idea was. And then you go, like, whoa. So let me give you another thing that's happened that uh, just been peachy. My car had 175,000 miles on it. Now, when I was little, I actually blew an engine because I didn't put any oil in it. Now, since then, I've had cars go over 200,000 miles. This last one, I knew I should have been changing my oil a little more frequently, but I kept telling myself, well, at least I'm putting oil in it. Yeah, and at 175,000 miles, it died. Uh, I basically had sludge. It had sludge in the engine that just, well, the engine didn't like the sludge. And uh, it's a dumb, there's nothing worse than doing things when it's only like really you to blame. Doesn't that stink? And um, so I was thinking about this. I'm like, okay. And uh, I mean, it's been what, a couple of weeks? And I just, whatever I wanted to eat, I ate. I kind of tracked my calories, but it was pretty spotty. And in a nutshell, anybody want to guess what happened? Yeah, I put on a boatload of weight. And it was amazing how fast. And somehow you think because it's so slow to lose weight 
that it will be that slow to gain it. And I'm here to tell you that is a falsehood. And, um, you know, I occasionally would hit 220. And, uh, yeah, I went up to 224. My goal was 180. So I'm actually, like, worse off than I started the year. And I was like, man, how did that happen so fast? So I'm I'm kind of back on the, the bandwagon. I've been down a little. But for the most part, I was like, man, that was, I'm just here to tell you, if you think, wow, it took me a month to lose a pound, it'll take me a month to gain one. No, you can gain a pound really, really easy. So I thought about this. It's like, well, what are we talking? We're talking about discipline here. And I looked up the, the dictionary. I looked up the word dictionary. I looked up the word discipline in the dictionary. Um, and it says, it's a noun, the word discipline. Training to act in accordance with rules, such as military discipline. The second definition is active activity, exercise, or a regimen that develops or improves a skill, as in a daily stint at the typewriter. Typewriter is an excellent discipline for a writer, so it's an activity. Uh, number three, punishment inflicted by a way of correcting and training. Right, I will discipline you. The rigor of, this is number four, the rigor or training effect of experience adversity, the harsh discipline of poverty. Number five, behavior in accord with rules of conduct, behavior in order maintained by training and control, good discipline in an army. Um, discipline, sometimes just a set of system of rules and regulations. And it's sometimes it's a, a system, right, of government. Um, regulating the practice of a church as a distinguished form of its doctrine. That's the, that's a different verb, but if it's a verb to train by instruction or exercise to bring to a state of order or obedience to punish or penalize. And the origin of the word discipline, it's actually a middle English word. Um, and that's really about it. We don't really care where it came from. But you can see training to act in accordance with rules. And when you break the rules, and the rules here are simply, you know, less calories in than less calories out, right? So if, if you if you have more calories in than you're burning, you're going to gain weight. That is a rule we just can't get around. So I went over and I was looking, I was thinking about discipline. I, I did a couple quick searches. Here are some things. This is the one I think that got me. This is from a guy named Jim Rohn. Uh, Rohn is R-O-H-N. A lot of really good books this guy has written. And he says, we must all suffer from one of two things. So it's one or the other. Do you want the pain of discipline or the pain of regret or disappointment? Do you want the pain of discipline? So not being able to do what you want to do you want to break the rules, whatever it is, or do you want the pain of regret or disappointment? And I was thinking about this. I'm like, am I taking care of my body? Eh, kind of. I still try to get my 10,000 steps in, but I'm not putting it. I'm not putting the best gas in my engine. I'm not really, the big thing about changing your oil is the, the filter. It doesn't do any good if your filter is horrible. It's not able to clean anything. And you end up with sludge. And I thought, you know what? I'm, I'm putting sludge into my body, basically, in a nutshell. I have sludge in there. 
Here's some other ones. To enjoy good health, to bring true happiness to one's family, to bring peace to all, one must first discipline and control one's own mind. If a man or a woman can control his mind, he or she can find the way to enlightenment and all wisdom and virtue will be naturally, will naturally come to them. That's from a guy named Buddha, right? If you can control your mind, you can find the way to enlightenment. Jim Rohn again says, discipline is the bridge between goals and accomplishment. And I went, you know what? That's just flat out true. If you think about it, any kind of accomplishment, like I'm a guitar player and it took a lot of discipline to practice every day and to learn how to put my fingers the right way and follow the rules of what sounds good. So discipline is the bridge between goals and accomplishment. Here's one from Lou Holtz, who's a famous, I believe, football coach. Winners embrace hard work. They love the discipline of it. The trade-off they're making to win, right? The love, the discipline of it, the trade-off they're making to win. Losers, on the other hand, see discipline as punishment, and that's the difference. Winners embrace the hard work. Losers see the hard work as punishment. And uh, it's a trade-off. That hard work of not eating what you want, of exercising, is a trade-off for less disappointment and, again, the uh, less, less regret. Tim Ferriss is the author of the book, The 4-Hour Workweek uh, and The 4-Hour Body. He says, I value self-discipline, but creating systems that make it next to impossible to misbehave is more reliable than self-control. And that's where you got to do things like don't buy cookies. Look, if you know you can't stop eating the cookies, my job now, we give cookies to our customers. So every time I go to the bathroom, I got to walk by a box of cookies. I'm like, and there's no other way, Pat, you know, so I'm going to have to learn self-control, right? I'm going to have to have the discipline because I mean, they're going to suffer from the pain of, of passing by the cookies or the pain of, oh my God, I just set a new record, right? So he's saying in some cases, just set up a system that, that, so you don't have to rely on self-control. Mike Ditka. Now, if you're a fan of Saturday Night Live back in the 80s, Ditka was the coach of uh, the Super Bowl winning Chicago Bears. And uh, one of the greatest football minds and players and coaches, he says, success isn't measured by money or power or social rank. Success is measured by your discipline and inner peace. Now, some of you may be in a way like me, like, man, learning new stuff, it seems like time is against me, age is against me, my brain is against me, and discipline is not an age thing. So I found this list. Helen Keller, at the age of 19 months, became deaf and blind, but that didn't stop her. She was the first deaf and blind person to earn a Bachelor of Arts degree. Think about that for a second. You can't hear and you can't see. That's amazing. Mozart was already competent on keyboard and violin. Uh, He composed from the age of five. 
Shirley Temple was age six when she became a movie star. Anne Frank was 12 when she wrote the diary of Anne Frank. It'd be kind of weird if Anne Frank wrote the diary of somebody else when you think about that. Uh, Magnus Carlson, never heard of this person, became a chess grandmaster at the age of 13. Nadia Comaneci was a gymnast from Romania that scored seven perfect tens and won the gold medal at the Olympics at the age of 14. Tenzin Jaisto, oh, this will be fun just listening to Dave butcher people's names, was formally recognized as the 14th Dalai Lama in November 1950 at the age of 15. Pele, a soccer superstar, was 17 years old when he won the World Cup in 1958. Elvis was a superstar. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. At the age of 19, John Lennon was 20 years, and Paul McCartney was 18 when the Beatles had their first concert in 1961. Jesse Owens was 22. When he won four gold medals, 22, man. Beethoven was a piano virtuoso by the age of 23. Isaac Newton wrote, wow, I can't even read this. Philosophia Naturalis Principa Mathematica at the age of 24. Roger Bannister was, we've talked about Roger on the show before, was 25 when he broke the four minute mile. And half of that was just believing he could do it. Albert Einstein was 26 when he wrote The Theory of Relativity. Uh, Lance Armstrong was 27 when he won the Tour de France. Of course, he was juiced up like nobody's business, but that's okay. Uh, Michelangelo created two of the greatest sculptures, David and I guess it's Pita by age 28. Alexander the Great by age 29 had created one of the largest empires of the ancient world. J.K. Rowling was 30 years old when she finished the first manuscript of Harry Potter. Amelia Earhart was 30 years old when she became the first woman to fly solo across the Atlantic Ocean. Don't know if that's a great example. (laughs) Oprah was 32 when she started her talk show, which has become the highest rated program. This is apparently a rather old list. Uh, Edmund Hillary was 33 when he became the first man to reach Mount Everest. Martin Luther King was 34 when he wrote the I have a dream speech. Um, Mary Curry was 35 years old when she got nominated for a Nobel Prize in Physics. The Wright brothers, good old Orville and Wilbur. You know, you don't hear many kids named Wilbur anymore. Um, Invented and built the world's first successful airplane, making the first controlled, powered, and sustained heavier-than-air human flight. So they were 32 and 36. Van Gogh was 37 when he died virtually unknown, yet his paintings today are worth millions. Neil Armstrong was 38 when he set foot on the moon. Mark Twain was 40 when he wrote The Adventures of Tom Sawyer. And he was 49 when he wrote The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn. Christopher Columbus was 41 when he discovered America. Rosa Parks was 42 when she refused to obey the bus driver's order to give up her seat to make room for a white passenger. John F. Kennedy was 43 years old when he became the president of the United States. Henry Ford was 45. When the Ford T came out, Suzanne Collins was 46 when she wrote The Hunger Games. Really? Charles Darwin was 50 years old when his book On the Origin of Species came out. Leonardo da Vinci was 51 when he painted The Mona Lisa. Abraham Lincoln was 52 when he became president. Ray Kroc uh, was 53 when he bought the McDonald's franchise and took it to unprecedented levels. Dr. Seuss, the original rapper, by the way, Uh, was 54 when he wrote The Cat in the Hat. 
That's right. I do not like green eggs and ham. Right? Yes, I am, said Sam. I am. Yo. Chelsea, better known as Sully Sullenberger III, was 57 years old when he successfully ditched U.S. Airways Flight 1549 in the Hudson River in 2009. That's the one where all 155 passengers uh, survived. Guy was 57. Uh, Colonel, Colonel Harlan Sanders was 61. 61 when he started KFC, better known as Kentucky Fried Chicken. Uh, J.R. Tolkien was 62s when the Lord of the Rings books came out. Ronald Reagan was 69. Well, mommy, well, uh, became president. He was 69. And uh, Jack LaLanne, at age 70, handcuffed, shackled, um, towed 70 rowboats. That's a little crazy. And Nelson Mandela, oh, I didn't finish the rest of that quote, was 78, I believe, when he became the first, well, when he became the president of South Africa. So age, you can do things when you're really young. You can do things when you're really old. But I think some of it is like what Tim Ferriss said. You know, if I think if we rely on self-discipline to start out, we are really leaving ourselves open for disappointment and regret. We have to master our mind. We have to master, we have to master the, the long vision. The fact that, yeah, this may taste good now, but I'm hurting my body and I'm going to need my body later. And what has it been a month? I just didn't care. I just was like, whatever, I'll deal with it later. Well, my car didn't give me a chance to deal with it later, and my body eventually will do the same. Uh, I know already things like my knees are starting to hurt a little more than usual. Why? Because I'm carrying more weight. They are yelling at me saying, hey, can I get your attention, please? So, you know, today as I record this is Sunday. I'm like, all right, brand new week. Let's do this thing. And uh, we're going to get back on the the track here because I do not want to start. I don't want to end this year heavier than I started. How, how talk about a regret. That's ridiculous. Um, yeah, I have basically two and a half jobs at this point, but it's not going to do any good to get myself out of debt. If I don't have a body to enjoy my out of debtedness, right? That doesn't make any sense. So, I'm going to go back to that one again. This is the one that jumps out at me. We all have to suffer from one or two things. What do you want to suffer from? Because if you think about it, the pain of discipline, eating the right things, exercising on a regular basis, that's a pain that's followed by joy, right? That is a pain. It's like I said, I never get off a treadmill and go, oh, I hate myself for that. I never feel that way. I'm sweaty. I'm tired, but I know I'm doing the right thing. When you do the wrong thing, you know, when you talk about KFC, that, that is a, I don't eat KFC because if you give me a bucket, I'll eat the whole thing. That's like crack to me. And yeah, it may feel good when you're eating it. I don't know about you, with you, KFC uh, leaves me in a way that I cannot leave the house. We'll just leave it at that. 
So that that is one that is a regret. You know, when you step on the scale, that's a regret. So one is a pain. You know, that regret, that regret isn't followed by joy. And that's, that's where we get into trouble because there is no joy. So we manufacture our joy by eating more stuff. And that is the crazy cycle. We eat stuff that leads us to regret and we erase the regret with more things that we shouldn't eat. Instead, we should be embracing the hard work of discipline that will lead to joy. And that joy should then hopefully give us the self-confidence to keep doing the discipline. We're not going to be perfect. We're not going to be, um, you know, we're not going to lose weight every single day. But one is the crazy cycle and one is the reward cycle. That's from the book Love and Respect. If you ever read that, if you're married, you should read Love and Respect. But that's what they call it. And I'm going to borrow those names here. And uh, I hope you guys have a great holiday this weekend. Thanksgiving is this week. I always say, you know, try to have a good breakfast or something. And for me, it's always, I get up from the table and sit in the living room. Otherwise, we all just sit around the table and munch and munch and munch and munch and munch. And remember, as we go forward here in November, December, the holidays are two, two days, Thanksgiving and Christmas. And so often we try to make them, you know, Thanksgiving through Christmas. And that's a really bad idea. So I hope you've been doing well. I have not. And, um, you know, now I got to pay the price. But um, I'm just here. I, I just was like, wow, that was amazing. Remember that just because it takes a long time to get weight to come off, it can come back in the blink of an eye. So don't quit. Don't quit. And that's what I've learned here. I'm like, all right, well, that didn't work. You know, I thought it would be kind of a, uh, I could relax and just kind of, you know, but the rules don't change. You know, just because you don't want to care about your health for a second doesn't mean that, well, he's not playing right now. He's not in the game. No, the, the consequences are still there. So hang in there. Believe in yourself. Embrace the hard work. And just don't give up because I know I'm not at this point because I've seen what happens when you do hang in there. Happy Thanksgiving. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the logical weight loss podcast. If you're listening to this on a website, please consider subscribing to us for free in iTunes by going to logicalloss.com forward slash iTunes. You can contact me via email by sending an email to Dave at LogicalLoss.com or call in your comments toll-free, 888-563-3228. You can sign up for our free newsletter and participate in our forums at our website, which is LogicalLoss.com. Our theme music is courtesy of SkinnySongs.com. Thanks again for listening. You know, they say knowledge is power. Knowledge is only power when it's acted upon. You can do this. Live right. Lose weight. Live long. I just want to be thin. I don't deny it thin. I want to try it thin. But I can't buy it. Guess I'll have to just do
I guess I'll have 